0: all right welcome to equal time soccer we are here with big 10 players of the week katie coker and megan plashko from the gopher soccer team thanks so much for being here you guys oh, thank these, you. for having,
1: us. <laughs> thanks for having us.
0: these these midweek shows are usually sort of crazy invites from me through sullivan the sports information director except this time it worked great because i waited long enough that you both won one-year player of the week honors, which has been a really long time coming for the Gopher program. So able to get both of you on the program, which is great. Um, And you both have had increased roles sort of as the season season went on. Megan, you started by splitting time and goal. And that first game, you know, we talked a little bit before we started recording where everyone was kind of trying to get back in the groove of playing a game. And it's sort of doubly true for you, you know, your first, I believe your first college minute. So going out there. I remember Maddie and I were watching on the broadcast and there was a couple times, the first few times you had to distribute and first few times you got the ball. I could only imagine sort of what was going through your head, but you've been so solid since then. You've, you know, you've been starting for multiple games. I think I think since you've been starting, you haven't allowed a goal in the run of play. So just the one set piece goal against Northwestern. And if that's not true, we'll pretend it's true. But talk <laughs> about what talk about that moment of when you had your first college minutes against Nebraska, and also sort of how your mentality has changed since then as you've gotten comfortable, um, sort of being on the field.
1: Um. Yeah, I was like, I went into Nebraska knowing we were splitting time, so it was kind of nice. Like, I obviously got to prepare. But like, it had been since my senior year of high school that I played in a game because we didn't have WPSL because it was like Mm -hmm. a pandemic, which is what I would usually do. So I was kind of like, I didn't even know what to do. I just tried to like calm my nerves as much as possible. Me and my roommates went downstairs and we were blasting music and dancing to like try and get the nervous energy out. But when it actually came down to it, um, once I started warming up in the second half, I just told myself just to like calm down because, um, like I was getting minutes for a reason, and that's what I just like kept trying to tell myself, and uh, that like the nervous energy had to be turned into good energy at some point. Um, so and then once I got in, I was hoping it'd be like a super easy first like five to ten minutes, just like get into it, and then that one girl, it wasn't like a super good shot, but I was like, okay, I would have rathered a different first shot, but after that, I felt super settled in. And i felt good and after that like after i got my first save got like a t- couple touches on the ball i just felt like it was any other game which i really like think was important because i wasn't in my own head or anything mm-hmm. and i think that like the biggest thing for me since i've like started actually like consistently starting is that like i just feel like very comfortable in knowing my role because splitting time is really hard because like you're like oh this other person is doing really well like maddie was doing well maddie and i were competing and it's, like, such a hard balance to be doing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, like, it brought me more confidence because I knew the coaches had confidence and that my team had confidence in me. And ever since then, I think it's, like, a balance between having that confidence but also knowing, like, Maddie and Honor are great goalkeepers and they're going to push me no matter what. So, like, especially in training environments, like, act like nothing's changed. Act like we're battling for every minute because we are. And I think that balance has really just, like, kept my – but like me, in a good mindset and a good headspace through all this.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think, well, and and Maddie in particular, um, Maddie Castro, when we were calling the last game against Illinois, she really spoke to this. Where it's it's almost it's almost visible, you know, how much more comfortable and confident you look on the ball and against. And I think, as you said, it's sort of getting comfortable in your role, and then that comfort sort of ratchets up. I've, I think we've seen that, frankly, across the entire team. But um, you know. Maddie when you're we broadcasting said she really could tell even just how you were going up for the balls. And I I talked to Steph after your huge epic comeback win as a team against Northwestern. And she said the moment she knew, you know, that the team was gonna be able to pull it out was there was there was a a shot or a corner, I can't remember which one, and you just went up and grabbed it out of the air, didn't, didn't punch it, didn't deflect it, but went up and grabbed it. And she said, like, that was her moment where she was like, all right, we can actually go get it, because it was just like that show of confidence that then even gave her confidence in the team. So I loved that little anecdote. Um, and Katie, you know, I believe you've played outside back in the past in your, in your previous stops in your soccer career, but Gopher fans largely saw you playing up top, sort of in that winger role which is not uncommon, you know, changing positions and playing multiple spots, but they, you know, we didn't really get to see you as an outside back in that first season where you came in into Minnesota. So you come in, you come in the season and there's still been some level of rotation back there just because, you know, it's a tough position to play, but you've come in, you've been super consistent defensively. And the last few games, you weren't just sort of you know, locked in as a defender, but you also were getting really comfortable in picking your spots of sort of bombing down that wing. And we sort of got to see the, the winger Katie Coker that we saw last season as a sort of attacking outside back. Obviously you scored that that killer goal, um, against Northwestern. That was just like, I'm sure you guys were going absolutely nuts as a team. I mean, it looked like you were going nuts. Um, but how much, you know, I think one thing we've talked about in other shows, too, with, you know, Meg Gray playing holding midfield, all this stuff. A lot of this might be surprising to me because I don't see your training. But like for you, were you training it outside back the whole time? You know, like how much were you playing this role in training with the team and sort of preparing? Or were you still being asked to play sort of in multiple spots as so many players are?
2: Um. Yeah, I was definitely training outside back with the team, um, pretty much this entire time. A lot of last season as well too, and the off season, um, mm-hmm. getting thrown at outside mid in that winger position last year. That was that was new for me. That was really fun too. Mm-hmm.
0: But no, I'm
2: traditionally um, a defender. I've played center back pretty much my whole club career. So moving to outside back was even a little bit different than that. But yeah, definitely I've been in the back line um, for a while now
0: here. Mm -hmm. Well, and you, and I, you know, I mentioned the, the team as a whole, I think from game one to game five really has shown a growth in confidence as you've sort of built some chemistry you know, playing real games, as opposed to just training and every single game, it seemed like it's ratchet up that confidence. And especially for you, the confidence, not just in, in the defensive space, when you have to make those tackles, make those stops, but that confidence and the comfort with the ball at your feet too, because you've been, you've been doing a lot more into the attack. So what's the, you know, how is that, how has that changed for you from that first game? Like when Megan said, you know, maybe players were sort of trying to like, scream dance their way through the nerves to now when you're a few games into the season how has that progressed for you
2: um i have just like Megan I feel like I've gotten a lot more confident um as like more games under my belt but um during the off season I put in a lot of one-on-one work with a with a skills coach and honestly that helped out a lot from last season to this season so I think just like putting in more time on the ball and getting those reps in outside of the season is what like really helped Mm -hmm. propel me right now. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, and, and Megan, you know, back to a thing you actually mentioned in your previous answer, the idea of coming in and having that goalkeeper group as sort of the balance between like, we're teammates, we're supporting each other. And as a keeper, it's sort of unique compared to other position groups because traditionally you're not moving in and out of that position group. Whereas Katie, if she starts really showing in the attack, maybe they consider her as a you know a winger, blah, blah, and vice versa. But for you all, you sort of live in that space. And so it's a little bit more of a bubble. And so you have this crew where you have to balance, like I want to play, like I'm confident and I want to play, but if I'm not playing, how do I support a keeper? But the part that I'm interested in is sort of even during your recruiting, When you look at like in my mind, what I'm so curious about is even during your recruiting, when you look at different college programs, at Keeper especially, how much were you thinking like, okay, they have someone this year, someone else (laughs) has someone that year versus this Keeper crushed it last year versus did someone struggle last year at this program? I mean, it seems like the calculus for you in the recruiting would be even like sort of weirder, harder or maybe more obvious actually than, than other players, but talk about sort of that part of your recruitment where it's like, which kind of keeper crew do I wanna be in and is my path easier or harder? How did you balance all that? And sort of what were those programs that you were considering at the time?
1: Um, well, it's kind of like super hard to like know what's gonna be happening when I actually arrive because I had just turned 17. So I was like ending my sophomore year. No, yeah, ending mm-hmm. my sophomore year when I committed here. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I believe it was Kaylee's first year starting Right when I came here, Right when I committed for sure. So like, honestly, I don't even think I considered that at all because right. it was like so many different factors between the time I committed, like the two and a half years that was going to be until I actually started here, mm-hmm. um, that was like something that I think I maybe could have done a better job at thinking about. But like also it's such like a difficult position because unless they're basically like a freshman or sophomore starter, when you come in or when you commit, I guess like at our age when we were doing it, it was really hard to know what you were going to be getting yourself into. But I think, like, more than anything during my recruitment, I tried to focus on, like, the people and the actual, like, schooling that I was going to, like, be receiving. And that was, like, a big driving force for Minnesota is that, like, that ultimately is, ultimately is what, like, made me pick Minnesota was, one, it's, like, a great school. No matter what degree you get, it's going to be a good degree. And also the people here, like – um, The coaches know this, but I came on a lot of visits because I was super indecisive, and not like for any specific reason. It was just like such a big, like decision, and I'm so close, so that was like super easy to come down. But every single time I came here, like the people were so kind, and it wasn't like the fake nice that they're being told to be nice to you. Like it was genuine, like kindness, and I think that was in the end like the biggest factor that drew me here cuz it just like felt so much at home and if nothing else like i was going to be surrounded by really really good people
0: well and when you say you were indecisive i so i actually respect you saying that i think it's nuts how early you all have to make those decisions as like top level d1 athletes but when you say you were indecisive what were some of those other programs you were considering you know you're a minnesota kid but what were the You know, what were some of the other ones that at least made your sort of official visit type, you know, three to five-ish list to at least be sort of open to?
1: Um, So it was here and Mizzou were my top two at the end. Mm -hmm. And then also I went to Iowa State and, um, oh my gosh, this is bad, but um, I like, those are the three visits that I think really stuck out to me. Mm -hmm. And then in the end, Iowa State just kind of fell off it. I don't know, it just like wasn't for me. And it was between Mizzou and Minnesota for like a very long time, like Mm -hmm. a couple months. And then finally, I was like, okay, I need to just tell them. And um, yeah, like I said, like the people in the education you get here just like couldn't be found anywhere else. And even though I told everyone that I want to be as far away as home, I'm happy. I'm close to home now.
0: (laughs) Well, and when when you say it's down to like two programs for a long time, does that mean that they're also like tweaking their offer or tweaking their pitch? Or was it just like you had both offers and you just kept going back and forth in your own mind?
1: I had, they didn't tweak them at all or anything. It was just like, I had to sit on it and like really just make a decision. And it was just like, when you're that young, you don't really know what you want. And so like, Uh, Mickey Denny Wright was actually my club coach so she coached here so she was like she never had any bias but like between her knowing what called like division one college programs in a power five school was my parents trying to get like 16 year old me to look past like the materialistic parts and like the other people in my family just trying to like help me weigh it out it's just a lot to like take in when you're 16 and like you're hearing offers and you're like oh my gosh like I don't even know what this means. And it's just like, I think that was a big part of it is that like, I didn't really know what it all like truly meant at the time. So I just had to like absorb it and just really sit on it.
0: Right, I I always ask that question because in my mind, I want someone to have a story where like everyone kept inching up the offer like 1%. Like I want there to be a thing where it like truly is like a bidding war. And I, <laughs> I, I either talk about this way too much or too little, but the, you know, for people who don't follow, it's like roughly 14 equivalent scholarships, you know, full scholarships at the D1 level. And obviously there's way more than 14 players on the team. So like most people are at, you know, little incremental percentages, different, or, you know, programs can offer whatever, or, you know, like, it's just, I think it's, it's obviously no one will ever know what scholarship everyone is on. But I like to know, even if folks wouldn't say the number, I like to imagine a scenario where you're like, Negotiating back and forth, interesting for someone who never had scholarship (laughs) offers, obviously. And Katie, you know, I think Megan actually hinted at something that I want to talk to you about too, which is, you know, you were originally a U of M recruit. You're from, so you're from Wisconsin. You're originally a U of M recruit, and I and I think I don't know for sure, but I think Minnesota at the time was at least in sort of the group of of final considerations. Mm -hmm. But you ended up at Marquette you know, just, just East over in Milwaukee, which actually I've been to the, the Marquette campus kind of interesting. It's like sort of close to downtown. It's actually kind of a cool setting. So you, so you went to Marquette and then you ended up transferring to Minnesota. I, I sort of personally think, especially Megan pointed to a lot of what I would say, which is kids make these decisions. So, so early that I'm actually sort of surprised there's that more transferring in general, like just mm-hmm. in, in the, in the D one soccer space, mm-hmm. but you end up coming to Minnesota for your sort of sophomore eligibility year in in 2019 when we saw you but you know how did you navigate that decision of okay I you know you obviously have the point where you decide internally that you want to transfer but then how do you grapple with like the oh god now I need to do these steps of like telling people and is there pressure about it or like will people care? Should I care if they care? Like how did you grapple with that step? Because Obviously, in the end, it's about you getting to the place that you fit best in. And I think this season alone has reinforced your choice because you're such an outstanding fit at Outside Back here. But for you internally, how did you grapple with that process of like the outside perception versus what actually mattered?
2: So I think honestly, like I didn't care what anyone outside thought about the decision. The Like the hardest people to tell were my parents. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I was I was leaving behind a full scholarship at Marquette. So I, those two like telling them both, you know, kind of getting like wide eyes looking at me like, what, what are you doing? You know, maybe we need to, you know, hold up, rethink. Um, but no, it was a, quite a process because, you know, it's initially telling them and then them telling you, you know, we really need to think about this and understandably. And then, um, you know, thinking it over for quite a while. Mm-hmm. but yeah, I didn't really think about what other people were going to think like outside of my f- own family. Um, yeah, honestly, like my parents and what my family thought was, you know, the biggest, you know, concern for me. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah. and then once, once you actually sort of work through that and, you know, you know, reaffirm your decision and obviously, you know, talk to parents, all that, then once your name, cause, cause you were in this recent era where, you know, the name is in the portal and then it's sort of, theoretically like a free-for-all like it or at least that you know once your name is out there you could get reached out to by a bunch of different programs but for you you know were you getting random cold emails because people saw oh this like you know high high level outside back is available again or what was it like for you once you were actually in the portal or did you heard because you'd been recruited before did you already kind of know where you wanted to go but you were also getting random sort of uh offers like or emails and stuff
2: Yeah, yeah, it was both. Um, So I feel like, you know, when you go into the portal, you get a ton of random emails from people you don't know, schools you don't know, some schools you do know, and then, you know, they show up in your email, and you're like, oh, wow, you know, they're looking at me, which is kind of cool, because it's round, it was round two. Um, But yeah, I also had sort of like an idea of where where I wanted to go. And obviously, like, even though everyone, all the coaches have access to the portal, not everyone's just in there waiting to see like who pops up. I feel like mm-hmm. it's a little bit more like that now since like the portal's been around for a couple years. Right. Yep. For sure. But mm-hmm. no, I was definitely getting those emails and, you know, having to tell a lot of people like, you know, I appreciate your interest, but like, um, Mm-hmm. I am not sure yet like haven't made a decision and I'm going to Did you
0: respond thinking. what's what's like the scale of emails you got is it like 5 10 20 50 like what's the scale of of what you got and did you respond to everyone?
2: I I did respond to every single email um I had a little bit of a template and yeah. the, you know just just to make sure like but I did want to respond to every email I didn't want to burn any bridges but um I got upwards to a little over 80 emails. Oh my god. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's you're, you're way too nice. I I would have, I would have like responded to the ones I knew and then been like, you know what, this is a cold email. I can't do that. That's like so much work. Well, what was I mean, what were some of like the truly random ones? Like, what was the weirdest or most random? one you got like did you get ones that were you know like all the way in like Hawaii or random or like alaska or stuff like that or what were your what were your sort of most random offers of those 80 although that's a lot to remember so i don't know if they yeah
2: yeah out. um i, I would, i'll tell you the most surprising email i got was um from louisville yeah um and i think i got that email because andy Stutz who used to work for the u here is was at louisville i'm I think he's still there. Not sure. But um, yeah, so that one really stood out. But mm-hmm. besides that, there were a lot of smaller ones and there were some bigger ones. But no, I think that one was just the most surprising. I just wasn't expecting it. Yeah, that's yeah. the one they off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, nice. Well, and obviously fans can be happy you chose Minnesota. But that, I just I'm so interested in that process because it's just so it's, you know, because it's so individual and personal, I think we hear about it almost not at all. And so I just, I'm always curious about what that's like, because, you know, even when we have folks like Emily Bunnell, who's gone through the transfer process twice, you know, like when we have her on the show, I'm just always curious how it's different too. Well, and and Megan, you spoke to the, the WPSL stuff in terms of obviously last summer, you know, all of sports was basically shut down. So there weren't summer leagues, but I'm really curious sort of how, how both of you sort of go through that thought process of what's the best thing to use this sort of summer quote unquote off season for in terms of you know do you think it's different because you're a keeper in terms of oh maybe individual training can work or is it still like well no I want game shots I want game reps and is that I guess is it different for you now that you're like we'll get game minutes this spring so you're not maybe like as necessarily desperate for like I need game shots I've only been training <laughs> but how do you you know how do you start with you, Megan, but how do you both sort of make that decision of, do I play in a summer league or do I just work on, like you said, Katie, my, my individual stuff, do I just do like fitness and a ton of training, but how do you go through that thought process?
1: Uh, I think the biggest thing in the summer for almost all of us is like, we have like so many restrictions on us when we're playing in season, just how hard, like literally how hard we can work. We have like loads that we have to meet each or that we can meet that's like the max workout load we can put out so the biggest thing in summer is that like we don't have restrictions like obviously there's some but like we don't have many so I think fitness and strength is huge for everyone in the off season so I think that's honestly like one of my biggest focuses is getting like as fit and as strong as possible because then you come into season where it's like very balanced of like you're not doing super hard lifts five days a week or anything mm. like that, where in summer you get to do that. So that's a big thing. And then as for like the soccer piece in the past, it's really been WPSL. Cause like you said, I wasn't really getting game time. And so like, I didn't know what else to do if I would ever like be in the position I was this year where I get thrown into a game, I'd be like, I haven't touched a ball in a game in so long. Right. But it's also really different because like as a goalkeeper, you can't, like, you either need to have a really good relationship with a goalkeeper trainer who you trust just to, like, take your training over in the off season and, like, handle that stuff, or you have, like, a team and, like, a goalkeeper trainer, so, like, you're kind of getting both of that training. So, for me, um, I've played WPSL like, well, the one I played it the summer coming into my freshman year. And then I was planning on playing it last year mm-hmm. and I'm still kind of deciding this year. I told the same WPSL team that I played for that I would be like a practice player at this point.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But a big thing for me this off season is just like, again, like I said, like strength and fitness. Um, I worked out at a new place over the winter and I loved it. I think it actually made a huge difference in like my balance and like my ability to like move my body in a controlled mm-hmm. way, which has been really big for me. And so I'm kind of like trying to play that like game of keeping that balance with soccer. But I mean, I played in Maple Grove, which is an hour away from my house and like trying to balance like working in the off season. And so it's like a big decision I have to still make, but um, I would definitely say like for a goalkeeper, at least like it's getting goalkeeper training. Cause you can't come from three months of just kind of doing your own thing to coming in here and, having Tara work us through a goalkeeper training session because you're never going to make it through that. So um, it's kind of, uh, that's kind of yeah. what i have to say about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Katie, how about you?
2: Yeah, for me, like making that decision, um, it comes down to a little bit of like what my friends are doing. Like what, what the girls I've played in the past are doing. Um, and, you know, we kind of text me, we're like, hey, where are you going this summer? Where are you going to go? Or, I mean, even this upcoming summer, I'll be down in Chicago for an internship. Um, so I know girls down in Chicago, so I might play WPSL down there or I might just find a training group and get touches in with them and then get some individual training. And, you know, it, and like Megan said, um, it kind of depends how the season goes too, meaning like with like how many minutes you know i play and things like that so if i feel like i need more minutes i think i'll you know join a team and if i don't i might be like more on the border okay like do i join a team or do i do a little bit of my own thing and take a, a small you know break here but um yeah like megan said again with fitness and lifting and just staying in shape like that's really really big for us in the summer too
0: Right. Well, Katie, I don't know if you know this, a lot of the Chicago city WPSL staff watches, watches this show. They're really regular viewers. So they're going to be, scat- they're going to be reaching out to you now, I'm sure. Cause they're, they're huge fans of our content here. So you're going to get, you're going to get a recruiting call from that Chicago WPSL team for sure. Well, and you mentioned, you mentioned doing an internship, which sounds really cool, but in the summer, you know, do you all do most um, players like consider taking classes or Or, you know, is it only some people who want to do it if they're trying to sort of rush their undergrad and get to their grad degree or something or, you know, for like for you both do you and maybe your internship is for credit or whatever, but, you know, how do you both consider that or is that a consistent thing across the team in terms of taking those credits over the summer and like if you're around do you also just take classes because or do you do like Megan you said like work instead to just for a change of pace.
1: Um, I think it definitely depends on, like, the person and their, like, graduation plan. I think it just, like, totally goes down to that. I don't think any of us want to take a summer class if we don't have to. It's kind of the one time where, like, like you don't have to have school and soccer is kind of, like, not as intense or, like, you're not, like, here all the time. So I think, like, honestly, everyone doesn't want to have to take one, but there's definitely – like, I had to take a winter course – Cause I'm trying to transfer into Carlson and I had to get that done before putting in my application. So I think it's more like that stuff, like keeping on track of graduation or trying to like speed up your graduation process. Um, but I think a lot of girls do that only if they like are trying to get somewhere with it rather than just like taking one to take one. Right. Yeah.
2: So for me, I'll be taking an accounting course over the summer as well as, um, my internship isn't for credit or anything. That's just solely mm. so I can get experience in the finance um, field. But my accounting class, I'm not like, ooh, I want to take accounting over the <laughs> summer. No, no, that's just, that's to graduate on time.
0: <laughs> okay. I, mm. I get it. I, yeah, you, the team is obviously very smart for folks who follow like the academic awards and everything, but I get it. That doesn't mean you're like dying to take another class. That's a good answer. I like that. Because, yeah, if, especially because you're diligent students. So you're working hard when you have classes. You don't need extra classes to take. So one, so one question I wanted to get to. So Anna Landis, who helped uh, co-host our season preview show, she writes about the Gophers for the Minnesota Daily. She had sort of a running question she asked players, which was so cool, which is, you know, which of you is the best field goal kicker? Which, by the way... Everyone on the team was so absurdly humble that even Kenna Biseman, who literally won the field goal kicking contest you already had, didn't name herself as the best kicker. That's how absurdly humble you all are. But the but that made me wonder, since we eventually did get video proof of Kenna winning that contest over Halloween, which was great, because then there were some costumes involved. It made me wonder what other sort of non-soccer sports have you all gotten into either when like spring training or random non-season practices? What other sports have you actually gotten into just as sort of a variety thing?
1: Uh, the goalkeepers and Corey, uh, we sometimes warm up with spike ball. So we'll have like, uh, it's usually me and Maddie against Anna and Corey and me and Maddie have won every time, but one. So if Corey's watching this, just, just <laughs> let the record state, but that's- Corey, just like...
0: Corey, <laughs> Corey shots fired, bro. No, I know.
1: Um, but that's like kind of a fun thing that we sometimes do. It's never really planned. It's sometimes just like we're having like a long day and we want to have some fun before practice or something like that. But there's been once or twice when we're practicing in football that we'll bring out a football and start mm-hmm. throwing it around and have some fun with that. Yeah.
0: Well, wait, <laughs> we'll wait. yeah. K- Katie, is there anything else that, that Megan missed that you that you've done? Or should we start talking about who has the best arm on the team now? No. Uh,
1: yeah. No, 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 no.
0: Oh, okay. First of all, props to Katie Coker. It's the first time I've ever gotten a gopher to claim credit for being good at something. So, so props to you. It's like the first time in history. So, do you have, do you have a little bit of an arm, Katie?
2: I, I would say um, my arm's definitely better than Megan's, but I'm not sure if it's best on the team. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just giving Megan a hard time. <laughs> I'm probably not the best at throwing a football on the team. I'm not terrible, but I'm not the best.
0: Well, Megan, you actually, you know, as part of your soccer playing once in a while might throw a ball. Do you, like, do you have more arm strength because of that than these other players who, you know, only use their legs?
1: Uh, no, I don't think so. Not when it comes to throwing a football. I mean, a soccer throw is just like so much different. But mm-hmm. I'd say Baker has a pretty good arm on her. Um, Addie Baker, and then I would say the worst <laughs> would have to be Katie Duong. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. She well, she doesn't she doesn't have a, a ton of frame behind that throw. You yeah, know,
1: she, we were we were throwing it like five yards, and it, it was we had like we were playing this weird game where like. You'd like throw it, everyone would throw it to each other, you take a step back and like the last two standing. I don't even remember who
0: You're won going, that. Yeah, like a like a football version of the egg toss, basically. Basically.
1: And I just remember it being kind of it was really funny to watch us try and throw a football. Everyone. Right.
0: I need to I need to ask like Corey or Steph if there's video of this. I need any for for everyone watching, including the people who sent me that field goal video send me this sourced video we will get it out there we will let the world see I need to see this football throwing well that's great I we do have a few this is a listener suggestion so credit credit to the listeners for responding to I, I usually message like a half dozen folks before every show just to get some get some advice. these are some random uh, sort of rapid fire questions asked at the end of the show which which is a good reminder. We have, this topic has sort of come up before, but I think this is a more direct version of the question. So we can start, Megan, you can answer first and we'll just go through a few of these. What's been your favorite show to binge during COVID?
1: Oh, I'm really into Game of Thrones right now. Super into it. I I get yelled at by Kez is my roommate and like we share a wall and it's like super quiet and super loud in some parts. And I get yelled at because I wake her up sometimes when I'm
0: listening too loud. All of a sudden, it's just the theme blasting. Yeah, yeah, but i strings.
1: I've been, yeah, I've gotten super into Game of Thrones.
0: Is this your first time through or are you re watching?
1: I watched up until like season three once, and then whoever I was using my own HBO, so they like canceled their subscription so then I couldn't watch it anymore. So <laughs> it, this will be my first time all the way through.
0: Nice. K- Katie, what about you? Favorite show to binge during COVID?
1: uh
2: so many but bridgerton was pretty good
0: oh that's yeah i we haven't my wife and i haven't watched that yet but that was like i think it had like the highest ratings ever on netflix or something it's like it like broke the internet at one point yeah it's it's really good very very popular Um, and then this one is about like each of you individually. So Megan, aside from soccer, what's maybe a talent that fans wouldn't expect you to have, or a non-soccer talent that you have (laughs) football throwing or otherwise
1: for what, what did you say? Sorry. I said,
0: I said football throwing or otherwise. Wow.
1: um, well, I used to play hockey until my junior year of high school Mm -hmm. so I can play hockey, but um, I'm not, like, super good at it, but I like to cook. I don't do it very much at school because I hate doing the dishes, but I like to cook, like, whenever I go home with my parents. Like, I like to do some of the cooking. I don't do all of it because it's a lot of work usually, but I like to cook. I think it's fun.
0: Nice. Katie, what about you?
2: This one's hard. I feel like I just, like, soccer 24-7, but (laughs) – um, I would have to say my talent is ooh, I can kick really high. <laughs> there like, you go. Yeah. I like, used to do taekwondo so I can, um, I used to like break boards, used to raise our arm and then you'd have to put the board like even higher than your arm is and you'd have yeah. to get up with like a jumping, um, front kick. And so I can kick high. That's a
0: secret tip. That's yeah, that's that's both frightening and impressive. I could yeah, I could see that 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 type of athleticism from you. That's great. And yeah, Megan, I should have expected the hockey, you were like a like a legitimate hockey player, right? So I should have expected that answer. Yeah. And then Katie, you actually kind of hinted at this already, but what would be sort of your dream job or even just sort of the the type of job you'd be pursuing now after your soccer career is done? And Megan, you can start again.
2: Um, I guess I'll put it out in the world. I want to be a CFO of a large fashion retail company, (laughs) (laughs) but I know it's been that since like I was 11 years old. So we're sticking with it.
0: God, well, and you have to put those, those goals out into the world. You're doing the first part. You have to name the goal and then you can aim for it. That's great. Megan, what about you?
1: Um, i'm not as decided as coker it's kind of up in the air right now i'm planning on double majoring i just don't know in what yet i'm definitely keeping my communications major i really enjoy like that side of it Mm -hmm. but i'm waiting to hear about my application to carlson so if i get in fingers crossed i am going to do a marketing communications double Mm -hmm. major but um if i don't my backup plan if kyle's watching he will probably like have his brain blow out, but I have gotten really into like politics and political science. So one thought that's come into my mind would be like, like trying to be like, I don't know, like a campaign manager or a speech writer. One of those two. Me- and
0: Megan, the- you are like, Megan, you are pandering to me right now. You are like, my constant complaint is that no one on the soccer team is ever into politics. And then Lainey, of course, came along yeah. and I I had coffee with her once, but you're, of, that's my entire world, Megan. So I'm gonna drag. I'm gonna drag all these finance majors into the world of of politics, and all the parents are gonna be really mad at me. It's gonna be great.
1: Yeah. No. It's a. It's like a recent interest, I guess. I don't know if it'll ever become like a profession or not,
0: but we'll see. You, the the nice thing is to work in politics. You don't need a specific degree, so you could get the degree that makes sure that you could get a a different <laughs> job as well. And then, yeah. if you want, you could just work in politics anyway with your communications degree. So, yeah. you're, that's how that's how we can make sure we keep the risk low. We don't <laughs> want to stress out the Plashko parents after the yeah. show. Yeah,
1: yeah. I hope I just get into Carlson, and that's like that avenue.
0: But that's, I don't that's know. F- fingers crossed. We also don't want to scare Kyle. Kyle, of course, does all the academic work with with the soccer team. He's he's great. The players and coaches rave about him. So. Uh, shout out to Kyle. And then this this is the last one. We're gonna we're gonna be optimistic for a second after like months and over a year of COVID slowdowns. Let's pretend for a second that summer is back to normal in the sense that you can be around other human beings. So let, let's pretend it's safe and COVID protocols are not required. And you can do summer activities. What would what is like one or two things that you for sure want to actually do this summer? to like get back into, you know, like your normal summer vibes that you would have otherwise had.
2: Plasko, are you gonna go first? Do you want me to go? You can go. All right. Um, I'd probably go see my grandparents and give them hugs if COVID wasn't a thing. That's the first thing I would do.
0: (laughs) Plasko. Flashgo, can you match? You, you don't have to give like as heartfelt and genuine an answer. Yeah. Well, well, okay. Although I will say, Coker, it has been a very long time since I've hugged a family member. And that, that is one of the first things on the list for sure.
1: Yeah. So I'll put hugging my grandma on there. I would really enjoy that. I haven't seen her in forever. What so, else?
0: Yeah. Each of you give one more of like what you'd want to do for fun after that. Yeah.
1: Um. So cabins, obviously, I mean, I kind of went to cabins this summer, but it was like my family and another family. We'd obviously been around a lot mm-hmm. um, or me and my friends have talked a lo- actually like a while about like road tripping to like some campsite somewhere in the U S like Montana or in South Dakota at the black Hills, just like camp for like a week And that would be, like, right after season ends when we get, like, a couple weeks off where we, like, aren't here doing workouts. So that would be, like, the perfect time. That would be great to not have to worry about it during that. But that's something that I definitely would want to do.
2: Okay. My second answer would be um, probably attend, like, Lollapalooza, like a music festival or something like that
0: go right yeah go right back where you haven't been able to be which is like giant large group gathering it's like once yeah. once once it's available that will feel pretty good well thank you so much you and and Katie and Megan both went through some some learning curves with us of doing that the first time so credit to both of you for doing that so katie coker defender of the week for the entire big 10 conference megan Plashko, goalkeeper of the week for the entire big 10 both of you have taken on new roles and just absolutely run with it playing so confident so consistent for that gophers defensive unit so congratulations on that the gophers face iowa on the road on sunday this week so it's only a one game weekend which is also sort of a uh, a refreshing break, except as we talked about before we started recording, that just means the players have to be practiced uh, even harder. So it's, it's not necessarily an easier week for you, just fewer games. So thanks so much for being here and uh, we'll, we'll be happy to see you on Sunday. Thank you.
1: Thank you.